0: Welcome to Equipers Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equiperschurch.com. Good to see you all. Smiling faces, you may take your seat. Greet somebody warmly as you do so. Thank you so much, team. You are amazing. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, So this morning, um, I've got a word on my heart. Um, I've been sort of percolating or bubbling or thinking about this concept um, in my world for the last month or so and um, just want to share some truth uh, that God has been speaking to me about Um, and I hope and I pray and I know that um, as we open our hearts to what God wants to say, there'll be some truth that leaks in and um, our lives will be shifted as a result this morning. Um, I love to read novels. Have I got any other readers in the room this morning? Okay, here's, here's, here's where we're going to go with this. Who thinks the book is always better than the movie? Okay, or who thinks the movie is better than the book? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we might be 50-50. <laughs> we might be 50-50. It's quite a polarizing type of thing, isn't it? Having this argument about the book or the movie. Um, but, you know, I like um, reading novels. I like getting lost in a story. And I'm always a little bit sad when the book ends and I have to start another one. Because now I've got to, like, get to know all these new characters and put myself into a new place. But I guess for those of you who prefer TV or Netflix or movies, I guess um, my favourite genre at the moment would be historical fiction. And so I think that would be kind of like The Crown. I've not watched The Crown, but I think when I Googled it, that the genre that that type of um, show has is historical fiction. So basically... It's where the author takes um, a historical real-life event but weaves a story of fiction through it. So something that's not true um, through this historical event. And probably um, where I'm reading at the moment and a lot of the books that I read would be about World War II and um, some of the awful things that happened um, in that time when um, Germany, Nazi Germany invaded like Italy and France and um, the mass destruction and persecution of Jewish people. And um, there's always like this love story or something (laughs) that's kind of woven through this, you know, awful, awful period of time. But um, that would probably be my favorite genre at the moment. And I was struck by a theme that kept emerging in the language as I was reading um, the book that I've just finished. And this theme was hope. That no matter what awful things people came up against, no matter what happened to them or to the people around them, the trauma that I actually have absolutely no concept of how awful that would have been, Um, they still hoped for a better day, a better way. And there was this quote, um, an older lady was mentoring a younger lady in the book that I was reading, and um, this was the quote, and I just thought, wow, like in the midst of all of that, this is what was said. If we sink into despair and mourning, there will be no place for hope. And if they take our hope from us as well, then the heavy price we have paid will be in vain. Hope. This morning, my message is just titled really simply, I Will Hope. And um, Mark Collard was with us from our UK church recently, and he um, spoke a message about hope also. And he defined hope as the serene, confident expectation of good. And I want to build from that platform today. And I want to kind of ask another question, but how? (laughs) How can I get to a place where I have supreme, confident expectation of good? And I think the answer is probably more of a who than a how. But that's where I want us to go this morning. And um, I have a new or I have a definition or an expanded definition of what I want to sort of point us to this morning for what hope is. Hope, despite our circumstances, beneath the surface is the abiding confidence that our God is sovereign and that our lives are in his hands. This is the essence of hope, not circumstantial happiness, but a deep-seated joy and contentedness that comes from knowing the boss of the universe. I will hope this morning. And I guess if I was to pick a scripture, something to, you know, really hone us in this morning, to start us off, it would be Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope. Filling us this morning so that we overflow to all of those that we do life with, the places we find ourselves, the families we've been positioned in, that we would overflow hope into all of those people that we do life with. And I only have two points this morning, so you know. Brace yourself. (laughs) Two long points. No, just two points. Um, The first is that hope is a choice. And to continue in my obsession or slash interest with our World War II, um, I was reading about someone, a man who's turned who became a psychologist um, and he was actually in part of the Holocaust and um, he was imprisoned at this time and stripped of his freedom and stripped of dignity and stripped of choice and stripped of everything else. And and he um, was able to somehow analyse and sort of contextualise all of his experiences and turn it into the hunt for the meaning of life. Um, So everything that he had gone through, the trauma, the awfulness, everything that he had seen, he was able to take that and let it shape some of his thinking so that he could help other people. And um, there was just this one thought, an observation that he made, and this was it. Everything can be taken from a man or a woman, but one thing, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So no matter what he faced, no matter the things that he came across, he came to the realization that it was still up to him to choose his attitude in the midst of all of that. And um, I've got really great news for you today, (laughs) that we have access to the source of hope and attitude right at our fingertips. Hope's not something we have to manufacture out of thin air. It's based in our relationship with Jesus. Based in knowing the creator of the universe, the one who fashioned us. That's where our hope comes from. Who promises us good things to walk into. Who promises us peace as our inheritance. And I think, you know, whatever season I find myself in the natural, whatever circumstance you find yourself looking at today, could you choose hope in the midst of it? Could you choose to take a little bit of a higher view? not based in your circumstance, but based on who God is for hope in that situation. Living with fresh revelation, a fresh promise from God, knowing that he actually has everything under control. I like um, the Psalms. I like reading the Psalms, especially the ones that David has written, because we know quite a lot of David's story, and we get to read about him in other parts of the Bible, and sometimes it's great to hear what he cries out in the Psalms. And in Psalm 42... This is a psalm where David writes things like, as the deer pants for the water, so I long for you. Like it's the cry of his heart to spend time with God, to be worshipping, to be found worshipping as God. And um, he's discouraged and sad quite often also (laughs) because life sometimes is hard. Sometimes there are things that we go through and he felt very persecuted. He felt excluded from certain things. He felt hunted down and he was sad and discouraged. And he shares his pain for a minute in this psalm, Psalm 42. And he says, my heart is breaking. I have only tears for food. And then he chooses a different way. In verse 5 and in verse 11, this is what we read. Psalm 42, verse 5 and 11. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. Could we allow our spirits and our souls to be watered by God this morning? (laughs) That no matter where you find yourself, no matter what circumstances you find yourself uniquely in today, I will put my hope in God again. I'll allow him to come and bring some form of refreshing and renewal to my heart. It's my prayer right now in this moment that God is locating you, that you're becoming more aware of him right now, no matter what you're facing, and there's this fresh surge of hope coming into your heart. I'm here to remind you this morning that God has it all under control. Hope in the promise. Stay in tune with God. He is within you. God knows you. Called you by name. Plans and purposes for you to walk into. You're not an accident. You're not unnamed. You're not unimportant. You matter. You might be in the middle of enemy territory at the moment, like David was. And still, I'll put my hope in God again. I'll rest there again. The choice is yours today. I want to give you back choice. It's yours. You can choose hope. You can choose it no matter what you're facing. That's your right. That's your privilege. That's how you've been created. Whatever circumstance, trial, pain, fear or worry you may be experiencing today, could you choose hope in the midst of it? Not suggesting that by choosing hope it disappears. But your perspective shifts. Your thinking shifts, your heart lifts, your spirit comes alive. You remember that you are body, soul, and spirit, created by God, loved by God, uniquely, individually, loved. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint." Sometimes I need to lift my head again. I don't know if that's true for everybody in this room today, but sometimes I get a little bit like this, right? (laughs) And I'm really consumed by what I can see, and I need to lift my head again, lift my eyes again, and hope again that there's something other than what I'm currently facing, or there's a way through, or there's a way out, or there's something for me in the midst of this. Hope. So my first point is quite simply that hope is a choice, and my prayer is that this morning you'll choose hope. No matter what you're facing, no matter what it looks like, choose hope. And then secondly, hope is a choice, but gosh, it leaks out sometimes, doesn't it? (laughs) So how do we hold on to hope? How do we keep it? How do we hold it firm? Because I don't want to have to go on the hunt, starting this thing over every single time I come across something that isn't very hopeful. I want to know how to stay there. I want to know how to remain. How do I remain in hope? A couple of years ago, I read this amazing book by um, Christine Kane. Anyone, anyone else read any of Christine Kane's books. She's an amazing um, author, speaker, advocate. She runs a not-for-profit charity. She works with um, those who have been trafficked all around the world. And she rescues people, basically. (laughs) And um, she wrote this amazing book called Unexpected. And um, the basic premise is that life happens and unexpected things happen. And we have to learn how to find hope in the midst of them. And um, she... Basically, there's a premise or something that she writes in the book um, that I wanted to share with us this morning, and the team will pop it on the screen that there may be an unexpected invitation to something greater in the midst of your unexpected circumstances. Sometimes life blindsides us, (laughs) sometimes things happen, sometimes we get swept off course, and we can't for the life of us figure out why, how come, what's the purpose. There might be an invitation in your unexpected circumstance this morning. Could we reframe it? Could we take another look? Could we choose to view it a little bit differently? And she introduces us to this concept in the book that you need to remain in hope. And the way that you remain in hope is you lock yourself in there. You become a prisoner to hope. And I know that that doesn't sound ideal. When I think of the word prisoner, especially when I'm reading World War II books, I do not think of pleasant things. (laughs) A prisoner does not bring to mind pleasant things. But instead of thinking restricted, isolated, cut off, held back, unable to move, could we look at being a prisoner of hope as a little bit different? Maybe this is what the psalmist was saying when he wrote Psalm 23. You prepare a table for me in the middle of my enemies. A feast in the midst of hard things hope is unshakable confidence in who God is he will remain in him I can trust in him I can stand in him I can put my hope it doesn't deny the reality of our pain but I think it gives us a different viewpoint that in the midst of all that we might be facing hope pulls us out The idea of being um, prisoners of hope actually comes from a scripture in the Old Testament from Zechariah 9.12. And we read this really unusual scripture that I personally, until I read this book, rushed over. (laughs) You know, sometimes in the Bible, don't tell me you don't do it. I I read some things and I'm like, yeah, not today. (laughs) And then something like this and it comes alive and I have some understanding of what this actually means. Zechariah 9.12. Return to your stronghold, oh prisoners of hope. And today I declare that I will restore to you double. Prisoners of hope, come back to the fortress. Come back to the castle. (laughs) Come back to the place. Come back. Lock yourself in hope and get a different viewpoint. This passage of scripture needs a little bit of um, context, I understand, because it's a lot. Um, (laughs) But for 70 years the children of Israel were held captive in Babylon. So they actually had understood this concept of prisoners. That was their reality. That was what they were living in. And um, the enemy was pillaging their homeland. And when at last they returned, they found nothing but destruction. Jerusalem, the temple, everything had to be rebuilt. And in the midst of this, Zechariah, the prophet, comes and he prophesies hope for the future. So there's been a season of isolation, of prisoners, of retreat of loss, and then in the midst of it, when they return, they lock themselves back in there, and Zechariah Zach- says, hey, let's have hope for the future. God will restore. God will redeem. God will do what only he can do. they endured this loss, this hardship, and all they could see so with their natural eye when they look across their life was more of the same. But God hadn't forgotten them. God hasn't forgotten me. God hasn't forgotten you. God had not forgotten them. And God knew, come back to the stronghold. Come back to this place of hope. Come back to where I can minister to you. Come back to where I can speak to you. You know, um, prisoners of hope are not being punished. They're being invited to see something differently. Whenever I think of prisoners I think of punishment. But if I could flip that, what about if I could think of it as an invitation to see things differently? To hear from God, to be locked in his promises, to be locked in his purposes, to hear something from him. Um I like practical things. Um I'm not very practical as a person, like I can't do much, you know, in terms of like I had to ring Willie once to get the like leaf blower. Like, how do you turn that guy on? You know, like, I'm not, that doesn't come naturally to me. I had to ring and then put the phone on FaceTime and show them what I was reading, you know, all of this malarkey. I've got other great skills people. That's just not one of them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Hmm, spreadsheets, bring them to me. Um, But, you know, there are a few practical things. When I read a scripture like this and I go, okay, God, what are you meaning? How can I lock myself into hope? How can I become a prisoner? How can I remain in hope? And um, there's some practical things that I think we could do that would really help us to remain in hope. It's not a theoretical idea. I want us to live from a place of hope, a launch plaid from a place of hope. And um, the c- a couple of things, are really simple, but I think sometimes we lose our way and we try and make things overcomplicated. We try and come up with all these snazzy answers for something that's just an age old truth and get yourself back there. So the first would be, could we find some fellow prisoners who could be our friends in this season? Life is better with friends. (laughs) Life is better alongside other people. Could you find some people to lock yourself in hope with? The ones who are going to speak life. The ones who are going to bring promise. Who are going to declare your destiny. Who are going to lift you back out of the way that you've been thinking. Going to push back your circumstances and expand your world a little bit. Find some fellow prisoners. Could we saturate ourselves in worship? Could we believe the truth of God's word over our circumstances? For everything that you are facing, there is a truth in the word of God to be found. Could we believe the word of God over our circumstances? And then if those three fail, could we learn to be quiet and stop talking ourselves out of it? You know, I've, I've had many moments in my own life, as I'm sure all of you have, where hope hasn't been my portion, and I have forgotten to lock myself into it. Um, I've forgotten to make the choice, and I've forgotten to remain. <laughs> and, um, you know, here's what locking myself into hope has looked for, like for me, like when I've had to find my way back there. Um, at one point in my life, there's been an almost weekly phone call from a friend saying, so, where are we at with that? Checking in, loving you in. Bringing you in, praying you in, declaring you in. Hope, fellow prisoners, people who are prepared to walk alongside, enter in with you. Um, Losing myself in worship songs. Taking 10 minutes to slow the pace of my life externally and internally. (laughs) To spend some time in worship. Life is full. There's a lot going on and there is a lot of noise. Could we slow ourselves inwardly and externally, just get in a moment of worship? Sometimes I find a song and it just ministers so deeply to me that it's on repeat. It's the only thing I'm listening to for a while, saturating myself in worship, spending some time, allowing myself to be refreshed, to be met right there in that moment and to worship. There was a season in my life when I felt myself slipping into uncontrollable anxiety and um, two things brought me back to hope. The word of God and being quiet. (laughs) Um, I was really thankful in certain seasons of my life when I have had an arsenal of the word of God to draw on. Where I can remind myself when I'm in the fortress, when I've locked myself in, I'm a prisoner of hope in this moment, I can remind myself, John fourteen twenty seven still stands, that I don't need to permit myself any longer to be intimidated, anxious, fearful, but that the inheritance I get to walk in is the peace of God. Arsenal of the word of truth. To come against circumstances that I find myself in. And in that moment, a deliberate act to not talk anymore about it. I had someone holding my hand, reminding me firmly, consistently don't go there. Stop saying it. Don't go there. And I am not for one minute suggesting that we don't talk about what we're going through. We don't open up, be vulnerable. You, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying this morning. But what I am saying is stop repeating it on loop. If you haven't found hope in that place, lock yourself in and find the truth and repeat that on loop. <laughs> Sometimes we talk ourselves into a worse place and hope diminishes sometimes when we talk too much about it. So let's get back to the place where we are declaring hope, life, freedom into our lives. I actually had a couple of someones in that season. I had a friend who I rung in a moment of weakness and she just dropped everything and came to my house. And, um, and she brought her husband as well. <laughs> Didn't really want him as well. Like, I just wanted her in that moment. But, (laughs) you know, they turned up. And, you know, he just got busy doing some other things. Lit the fire. Started some food. Did all that kind of thing. And she just spent some time ministering, praying, talking with me. Turning up. And then there was another time when, well, you know, we don't like to talk about ourselves too much, you know, but anyway, here we are. Um, (laughs) There was another time and I just started repeating some stuff, you know, and it just wouldn't get out of my mind. And I don't know how many others of you are like that. Sometimes I'm an overthinker and um, (laughs) I was just repeating some stuff and it was taking me into a, a spiral that was downwards instead of upwards. And there was just a repetition. And I'm not talking about over a week. I'm talking about over nine months a repetition of things that was getting a little bit to the point of being a bit unhealthy. And um, Will just looked me in the eye one day and he just goes, no, we're not doing it again. (laughs) And he just eyeballed me and he said, no, let's stop talking, let's start praying. And we just prayed in the peace of God, prayed in the hope of God, prayed in the life instead of the stuff that rightly or wrongly I was saying And I really hope that you're hearing my heart this morning. I'm not saying to minimize anything. I'm not saying to ignore anything. But I am saying, could you get the truth of God? Could that be part of your portion? Could that be part of what you say? Hey, this is hard, but this too. (laughs) Hey, this is what I'm thinking here, but I know this too. Could we hold the two things in tension? Where this is the current reality I'm facing, but hope says this. This is the current place I find myself, but hope says this. And locking ourselves over this side a little more than over this side. Hope is a choice. And um, a personal scripture that I like to declare when I'm feeling a little, little, little less hopeful is simply from Numbers 11.23, your arm has not lost its power. And I like to remind myself that there is nothing that my God cannot do. Um, choose hope and remain Let hope anchor you In the midst of whatever you're going through And we know this scripture But I want to share it again this morning Hebrews six, eighteen to 19 God has given both his promise and his oath These two things are unchangeable Because it is impossible for God to lie Therefore we who have fled to him for refuge Can have great confidence As we hold to the hope that lies before us This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. An anchor of hope can stop you from drifting, can stop you from going down with the current into something that you weren't planning to enter, keeping you safe, keeping you rested, holding you so that the storm can do what it needs to do and then move on. Hope keeps you steady, hope keeps you grounded, hope is a choice. Um, I worship team, I wonder if you can come and join me this morning. Um, we'll go out of this place rejoicing in hope in a minute. Um, just one more example, one more something that I want to point you towards this morning, because I, I love resources, I love... Um, hearing concepts. I love unpacking other people's experiences. And I think we can learn loads of things from other people. And um, once upon a time, I stumbled upon a lady, um, a sermon that she was giving um, at a church, and her name was Catherine Wolfe. And if you need to unpack this concept of hope um, in any greater detail, (laughs) to any greater depths, um, could I encourage you to look her and her husband up? Um, They've founded a ministry called Hope Heals, And um, they've created this hope-filled community of people where they just wrap people in and they give people a place of belonging. And many, many people with disabilities and their families are ministered to through this ministry called Hope Heals. They've got two books. The first one is simply called Hope Heals, and the second is called Suffer Strong. And um, Catherine had a stroke at the age of 26, and so she went from being quite a healthy, you know, I guess, normal, if we want to put some quote marks around it, um, women, and then she had a stroke at the age of 26. She was newly married and a brand new mum, and there was a long road of recovery um, in front of her. She, she probably wasn't meant to live, but she did survive, and so the, her life looks very different post-stroke than it did look pre-stroke. And she is an inspiration in terms of the, the things that come out of her mouth as to how she is now using her second chance at life. She says that I want to disrupt the myth that joy can only be found in a pain-free life and that the good story and the hard story can be the same story. So her motto or her life message could be summed up like this, live your good slash hard life with hope. So I know that life can be tough sometimes. (laughs) I don't live in fairyland. I live in reality. I understand that there are tough things, there are seasons, there are relationships, there is loss, there is grief, there is pain. And unexpected things happen all the time. But my encouragement and my exhortation to us as a company of believers today is to choose hope and remain there. No matter what life looks like, that we would put down that anchor of hope and we would remain, we'd be steady, we'd be in His Word, we'd be in worship, we'd be running alongside other people, encouraging one another in this thing called life. I have a couple of um, reflection questions or things that I thought maybe we could take away and ponder um, when we come across this concept this morning, and I'm going to share them with you. The team's got them to pop on the screen. I guess the first question that I'd love to ask us all this morning is, where do you need to choose hope right now? in your personal world? I'm sure there is one area, I'm sure there is one part of your life right now that could do with a dose of hope. Where do you need to choose it? And then secondly, is there a circumstance that was unexpected? And perhaps you could now reframe or reimagine that as an invitation. Has there been something unexpected that you could look at differently and say, is this an invitation? Could I view this differently because of God, because of the hope that I have in him? And then thirdly, what's one thing that you could do this week to lock yourself in hope a little greater? To come back to that fortress of hope, to choose to hop in that place of hope? Could you be the friend that rings somebody else? Could you get lost in worship? Could you find your word again? The scriptures that have held you in the past would continue to hold you today. Or if all else fails, do you need to stop talking? And I've just got two scriptures that I wanted to end um, for us today. And the first is found in Philippians 4. Similar to... um, what Will shared before. I'm going to read it from the message translation. It says, Celebrate God all day, every day. Revel in Him. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and your praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies choosing hope, remaining in hope. In Romans fifteen thirteen, may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder if I can pray for us all this morning. Would you mind standing with me? choosing hope, choosing to remain. Holy God, I pray that you will illuminate your words and your truth for us in this moment. That some of the burdens that have been heavy, some of the circumstances that we've been facing, some of the unexpected things, that you would just remind us of your presence, of your goodness, of your solutions, and that we can hope in you. I pray, Lord, for those who have weary hearts, that you would give them rest right now in this moment. That there'd be a peace that surpasses all understanding right now, guarding hearts and minds. Thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your truth. I declare hope into every heart. And out of that, Lord, we would overflow into those that we do life with a ripple effect of hope in our community. I declare your name. Holy Spirit, would you seal the word? Do what only you can do, God. Peace, love, hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at this Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipperschurch.com.